I think it's really important that everybody experiences a camp, um, regardless of whether they think they want to do football or not. everyone and welcome to Sports Artie Snippets. I'm Liz Waluka, a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics. Every Wednesday, I'll be bringing you a sports dietitian guest that will share advice, insight, and rewards of the profession. Snippets of their own career path to becoming a sports RD. Hey everyone, welcome back to Sports Artie Snippets. I can't believe that it's August. I don't know how anyone's feeling if you're really excited that, you know, preseason's starting or if you're like, what are we getting into? Um, so if you're in the cleated setting, I, I don't know what everyone's feeling right now, but it's August. I feel like the summer flew by and I'm just super excited for this episode today because Peter does talk all about training camp and, you know, what it's like to work solely with a football team. But this episode is really for everyone. It's it's really an awesome conversation just about, you know, is football for you or not? And I think anyone who has worked at football camp is about to or anyone can just relate to any part of this conversation. So I'm just super excited. And Peter just has such great advice and just knowledge about football nutrition and his role as an advanced clinical dietitian for football. So just super excited for the episode today. Peter Ritz is currently the advanced clinical dietitian with Northwestern Medicine, serving as the team dietitian for Northwestern football. Peter came to the program in March of 2020 after three years working with Virginia Tech, in addition to providing clinical nutrition counseling and education. Peter is also heavily involved in the department's research and sports science efforts. A native of Texas, he earned bachelor's degrees in both nutritional science and kinesiology at Texas A&M in 2015 and a master's degree concentrated in applied nutrition and physical activity at Virginia Tech in 2019. Peter is a registered dietitian and board certified specialist in sports dietetics with nine years of experience working with collegiate athletes, specifically college football. He was awarded with the 2018-2019 CPSDA Research Grant for his work entitled The Omega-3 Status of Collegiate Athletes, which he presented in May of 2019 at the CPSDA Annual Conference and was recently published. But I'm super excited, so let's jump in and let's meet Peter. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Liz. Great to see you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you. What's what's going on? Did we start camp already at Northwestern? We actually did. Yeah. Um, so this is day three um, and we we have a week zero game this year in Dublin, Ireland. Um, and as a result, our starting camp a little bit earlier than most. Um, so we just finished up practice two. Guys are in meetings for a little bit and uh, I'm taking a little break before dinner. Um, so, yeah, it's been a great couple of days and uh, just excited to get back back to it. So yeah. that's awesome. I was actually thinking about this and I was like, do people feel like this is like the Christmas, like leading up, like now, like training camp starting or is everyone like, oh, no, what are we getting into? Um, what's the vibes? You know what I mean? Like I can yeah. see maybe like an intern's really nervous or like a sports dietitian is like, oh, my God, here we go. Like what what are the vibes? Like, is everyone excited? Yeah, I, I mean, players and staff, they're uh, they're stoked to be back to football, you know, after after as long as we've been away. Um, so that's always fun. A lot of good energy. But yeah, it's crazy. Um, we've got camp and this Dublin trip prep going at the same time. So it's it's definitely a busy time of year for us. Um, but I, I love 
camp's one of my favorite times of year, just from the perspective of getting back to ball and um, guys being excited and everything's still fresh and new. Um, so yeah, we're, we're having a good time right now. That's awesome. What about like packing for Ireland? Like, does it change a lot of obviously the normal of preparing for camp? I mean, last year was COVID, but like, is it just, you know, like planning and preparing or is it just more like training camp and then that will happen like a little bit later down the road? Yeah. Um, so we actually went over, uh, it was a week zero or we went over in March, I guess, to do like a prep trip. Um, and so I was there for three or four days and we met with kitchen staff and, um, wait, you went there for three or four days. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So big. we were actually, um, over there during, I think it was around spring break ish time for us. Um, so it was a good, a good time to connect with the hotel staff. We went to the stadium site. We did all that to just basically get a, a, a lay of the land before we show up and have to figure it out. Um, so that was a mad dash to just take notes and figure things out. Um, so it's been good to at least get eyes on it, but now it's, um, really down to packing, um, from a custom standpoint, we have to project out every single item we're going to pack and then provide wow. weights, um, for all of those items. So that's what we're finalizing. Um, I have a, a great group of interns that's been helping me weigh out individual boxes of snacks so that we meet our, um, our weight restrictions. Um, and then hopefully at, at this point, the menus are done. And so now it really comes down to just kind of fine tuning the education stuff. Um, but you're going to yeah. say it comes down to the flight not being canceled. No, that too. Um, but yeah, that's in, not your fault. So you yeah, just, fair. Wow. But yeah, we're, we're in a pretty good spot now. It's uh, just getting down the last couple of details. That's really nice that you've, you've seen it because I feel like that just takes like the edge off of being like, what does it look like? Like, where are we saying? Like all of that. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm really glad we did it. What is this year three for me? Um, because I think, wow. I don't know if they would have thought about bringing me on that trip if it had been year one or even year two. So um, I'm glad that I got some time to, to get to know that staff well enough for them to realize there's actually a lot of planning that goes on behind the scenes. So we had a good time and it was a, it was great to put eyes on it. I'm sure you don't want to talk about year one, but it's, it's not funny. But like, when I think of like people who started in COVID, you were the first person that like, I think of, of like, actually, will you tell that story? Because I think everyone has time, but I think Peter started his job at Northwestern in March of 2020. And I was like, Oh my goodness. Like what happened? What was it like? Are yeah. You now like it was, um, it was absolute chaos for a minute, but we're in a, we're in a great spot now. Um, so I actually started five days before Stop. everything got shut down. Um, so I still being as young as I was, didn't really have like a ton of um, belongings and stuff. So I essentially sold everything on that I had on Craigslist and Facebook marketplace. Um, my fiance um, had just moved to NC state. She was working on her PhD. And so I just sold all the furniture and stuff that we had and packed up my belongings drove over in my little car. And, um, so I basically had nothing on me. Um, so I was trying to shop for furniture in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but essentially worked five days, you know, shook everybody's hand and then, uh, we all got sent home. So I was working from my bed for a couple of days, just kind of waiting it out. Um, and then Katie and Christina, our director and assistant director at the time, um, both went on maternity leave pretty close together. Um, so for a while it was just me and, um, 
one of our dietetic interns who were basically running the ship, you know, doing social media stuff and um, trying to put together a plan to, to open things back up once we got back. Um, but yeah, it was, I, I at least had some preparation and knowing that, you know, they were going on maternity leave, but um, not was, the country uh, shutting down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Year one was a, was a lot of, uh, a lot of flexibility, that's for sure. But I, I think it, it honestly, from my perspective, was a huge advantage um, that we did things online because I got to know guys so much quicker. Um, you know, we had Zoom staff and team meetings weekly, if not daily. And so getting to see all those names on a screen made it really easy for me to, you know, um, get to know people and, and really figure out the crew before we got rolling in August. And, or in, maybe it was in June, I guess, um, that we really got rolling. And then everybody was so excited to be back that I, I think I kind of felt like just um, I'd been there for a long time by the time we really got yeah. back in the building. So I, yeah. Um, I mean, nothing yeah. beats in person, but I do have to say like Zoom, like you can counsel and like telehealth. It, it's pretty like 98% still effective, I, I felt. But for what yeah. it was, I'm glad that was that was helpful. Yeah, it was, it was crazy, but yeah, I think we, as a staff just learned a lot about like the things that, um, we definitely took some things away that we're still going to be using for a long time. Um, and I'm, it's almost, it's kind of crazy that we didn't think to use them before 2020. So definitely some cool tools for sure. Before yeah. I ask you about your career path, well, I just feel like I know you and like, I, I haven't even, I've never met Michelle Rockwell in person, but I always think of you as the Omega three guy and before I know we're getting, we're not getting off topic, but will you just talk about like, you did your research on Omega threes and then it became permissible. Did that have anything like, or no, or am I correct? Um, yeah. It's, What's the tie? Honestly, it all just kind of happened at the same time. Um, Michelle, when I proposed, so um, my master's project, it was a new program at Virginia Tech. Um, I was one of the first students to really um, enroll in that program and then kind of go through the process. And so we were left pretty like wide open in terms of what we wanted to do for our master's like thesis project. Um, and so I had just mentioned to Michelle that, you know, I, I really felt like that one was coming, fish oil and omega-3 supplements were coming down the pipe and so, thought this might be a good case to, to kind of help push it forward. Um, and it, it was, but at the same time, I think conversations were already kind of ongoing. So okay. I think they both just happened at the same time, but it made for an awesome discussion point at conference and, you know, to help start pointing people in the right direction of like, okay, this is something we can do, but like, what the heck are we supposed to actually do with it? Yes. That paper that you wrote through GSSI, that's a really great paper. What's the name of it? If people want to go look it up, but I, I found um, it very helpful. Um, yeah. So the paper is promoting optimal omega-3 fatty acid status in athletes and it's on the GSSI website. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of our next project down. We COVID actually was helpful in that regard. We got a a couple of good presentations and publications done during that process when I kind of multitask from home. Um, so we wanted to publish the paper and just get it out there. But next step, we feel like felt like people still had a lot of questions about how to actually apply it. Um, and so that was kind of our first yeah. attempt, um, just how to create a policy, some questions to ask at the time, you know, what information did we have around dosages and bioavailability? So it's the first stab at it. And I'm sure we'll change it in a couple of years. But I think it's definitely been helpful for me, even coming to Northwestern and putting a policy together. 
That's awesome. Well, before we jump into the conversation today about training camp, what is it if you're a new student or volunteering for the first time? Peter, will you just take us to your career path up until this point where you started and where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I grew up in uh, the Dallas area. Um, I went to Texas A&M for undergrad and um, went in as a biomedical engineering student. The story I typically tell is I really thought that's what I was going to end up doing through my freshman year and then got a 58 out of 200 on my physics final and decided engineering maybe wasn't for me. So very quickly after switched to exercise physiology, I still really love that concept of, you know, human physiology and biology and, and just looking at the body as like a system or a machine that we could really optimize and happened to stumble into a guest lecture with John Tangway, who was the, is and still is the director at um, Texas A&M and followed him out to his car, asked if I could um, volunteer and uh, did that for about three years. I, I think I probably interviewed with him like a week later and the rest was history. But for me, looking back on it, it was just such an awesome time to be in the field. Um, you know, it was right in the middle of the Manziel era with AM football. So we were really a growing university, a growing athletic department. We had deregulation happen. You know, there was a ton of growth in the field. And so I got to see some really cool, some really cool steps. And I got to see some really cool problems and solutions that John and, you know, eventually when he got a staff kind of had to work through. Um, so it was just an awesome opportunity. In the kind of the middle of the undergrad period, I did a, an internship at, at Exos Frisco um, in the Dallas area. Um, and then eventually after graduating, spent a little bit of time at the University of Florida, essentially doing like a what people now consider a fuel, fuel bar manager role. Was there for about six months while I was applying for dietetic internships and um, ended up back in, in Dallas to do my, my internship at Baylor uh, Medical Center in Dallas. Um, Baylor University Medical Center in Dallas. Um, so I essentially took a year off of sports to just really lean into clinical, which I think was an awesome, awesome experience. Um, and I think really shaped why this job has worked well for me um, because of our, our really heavy clinical emphasis here. So um, it's it's really been the best of both worlds. And then after, after Baylor Medical Center, ended up applying for a, a graduate assistantship dietitian position at Virginia Tech, where I was going to kind of help out with football and then work a couple other sports. Um, and eventually that that transitioned into a full-time role there. Um, so I worked with football, women's lacrosse, and both of the tennis programs for about three years um, when I did my master's as well with, um, with Michelle, and we did our big Omega-3 project. Um, and then back in March of 2020, I moved to Chicago, and uh, I've been here ever since. Um, so this is year three at Northwestern. Um, I work specifically with football as my only sport. And then um, I do a lot on the research side for our department as well, just managing like our participation as a department in sports nutrition research, both with um, joint projects, you know, other researchers. And then also we've done some in-house projects as well. Um, so that's kind of the, the gig now. Also doing a lot of sports science stuff. Um, we have a, an athlete management system. So we're doing, um, trying to get better at tracking, you know, sports nutrition specific data and trying to tie that together with athletic training. So it's a really cool gig and I, I, I love it so far. So it's been a blast. 
That's awesome. Can you talk about, cause your title is advanced clinical dietitian for football. Can you talk yeah. about that? Because I feel like, I don't, I don't know. I think people think like, oh, like football nutrition and it gets sometimes like not a bad rep, but like, oh, that's just like feeding, you know, like you're not sitting down and doing the clinical stuff. And when I saw that was your title, I was like, you know, this is really cool. And I just thought, you know, if you could kind of share a little bit more of, you know, what that really means in your department. Yeah. So Northwestern is a really unique place in that we just recently transitioned to the medical model, um, which means that I'm actually not an employee for the university, um, but I, by I work as part of the Northwestern Medicine Healthcare System. Um, and so that's been a really interesting process for us to essentially transfer, you know, all of our policies, procedures, and staffing over to, you know, like a hospital model, essentially. Um, so because of that, my role is, um, it's, it's really important that we document. Um, and from the, from the concept of making sure that we keep track of, you know, the, the care that we're providing, but also um, trying to make sure that we can quantify that. Um, and so I think that that's always been a, a really important pillar for Northwestern in, in keeping, you know, clinical nutrition services as one of the cornerstones of the program. Um, and so for me, that was definitely a transition. You know, um, Virginia Tech was a little bit heavier food service role. Um, but again, it's just, yeah. you know, getting to really understand the institution and the organization that you're working for better and understanding, you know, kind of how you align with those values. Um, so it's, it's been a really cool process. And for me, I think I've been able to do some really cool things on the clinical side because I don't have to do quite as much in the food service realm. Interesting. I, I really like that you brought that up because I think it does come down to like where you're working and like where, where not the importance, but like you're saying, like some football positions might be more food service heavy. That's not a bad thing, or maybe it's more clinical. So I think it's just a good reminder that maybe if you're a student just trying to figure out like where you fit in, like maybe it's at one school, you, you couldn't see yourself in football, but maybe you intern at Northwestern and, and you see like how the clinical is more tied in or, or how it can maybe fit your mold. So it's just kind of interesting that I think people think it's like football dietitian, basketball dietitian, but it really comes down to um, like who you're working with and under and what they value. And hopefully that can match, um, you know, your goals as well. And that's, you know, a good place to work. A thousand percent. I think it's really just about trying to make sure you have a good read on the program and like what they, what their goals are, what their vision is and what, what they really need. Um, and I think that changes over time. Um, but for me, because I had a good understanding of that, it made the job so much easier because I, I just had a really good concept of like what my identity was and then also like what the university's identity and values were. For sure. What about a student? This is going to come out. It should be August 3rd. Maybe people are a week into training camp. Maybe you just started. Maybe you're nervous. You know, can you just talk about what like the role of a sports dietitian is during camp or what the role of a student or a volunteer is like, I can assume at most schools, generally the idea is probably very similar, although I'm sure schools operate a little differently, but just kind of take us through, you know, is every day really 12 hours, you know, take us through what it really is. Yeah, no, that's changed for me um, since I got here specifically. But I think what it really comes down to at like the base level is making sure that um, we have a really good routine around nutrition that's like baked into the schedule. Um, so I think this is the one time of year when it really makes sense to really kind of pour into food service a little bit more. 
um, and make sure that we have a really good system in place, make sure that, you know, guys are taken care of and um, don't have to spend as much time thinking about like cooking and making things for themselves. And we really want to make sure that that's more of an automatic process because they just don't have very much time to, to spend on those things. Um, so it, it's really challenging because at some point you want to pull that back a little bit and make sure that, you know, you're giving them room to learn those life skills and, and be accountable. Um, but at the same time, there's just such a huge demand on them right now that um, I, we want to try to step up a little bit and make sure that we're really supporting. Um, Nicole on her last podcast did an amazing job of kind of talking about some of that as well. Just that concept of, um, you know, really providing support during that preseason period. And again, it's because there's so much stuff going on that people are being asked to do. And I think that's one area where we can kind of help, you know, highlight and, and support in a, in a really demanding time. So for me, it's, you know, just making sure that we have a really high level, a good concept of what we're going to do as like a nutrition strategy. Um, what do those meals look like? What needs to be provided at snacks? Um, just, just being really high level, like being really organized. And then for me now, because we have a great food service um, provider and system in place, it really comes down to just like some tweaks and trying to, to provide as much face time as humanly possible. Because that like social engagement with our athletes every day is really where I start to pick out, you know, who needs extra support or where I, where we can really, you know, help as a program. Um, so because that food service stuff is in place through Levy, I can just have more conversations with guys, really be in tune with coaching staff and, you know, how the team is trending. So I'm, you know, out at practice, I'm checking menus and doing all that stuff, but I'm also trying to, you know, be around the building and have conversations with guys and staff and, and really just be really forward facing. So for me, my schedule right now is usually like around 6 a.m. to, you know, there's a team meeting at about 7 p.m. So I'm usually there for about 12 hours um, on those heavy practice days. Another thing I really appreciate about our staff is we're pretty smart about load management and how we kind of dial in the, the practice routine. So we have a couple of days a week that are higher load and then a couple of days a week that are lower, which means that schedule wise, you know, my schedule kind of fluctuates from maybe, you know, 10 or 12 hours on those higher days and then maybe eight, 10 hours on those lower days. And then Katie's challenged us to, to try to take one day or the majority of a day off a week during camp as well. Um, so with staff meetings daily, I haven't quite figured that one out yet, but we're getting pretty close to me adjusting down from, you know, my, as a young RD, it was probably 80 or 90 hours a week um, to significantly less than that now, um, which especially as we get towards the end of camp has left me feeling a lot fresher and, you know, just able to critically problem solve a little bit better. I think we're all familiar with that camp brain concept. And um, yeah, I feel like I'm just a lot fresher person when I get to do a schedule like this. So for our, for our interns, um, we have four dietetic interns this year who have been absolutely awesome. Shout out to Lindsay Esposito, our um, assistant director, um, other advanced clinical dietitian in organizing that, but we have a, a great group this year on top of our, our work study students and our volunteers. So because we have a little bit bigger student staff, I can kind of spread them out 
as a student at AM, I was working quite a bit during camp, but we're able to, our interns are here usually five or six days a week for like a, between us, I would say an eight and a nine hour shift. And then our work study students and our volunteers are here for, you know, maybe two or three days a week for anywhere between like four and six hours. Um, so I think it's, it's a relatively like conservative load. And I think that really helps in just keeping the like vibe of the building good. You know, nobody's coming in like absolutely exhausted. We're all fresh and like really able to execute at a high level. So our interns and students are doing more of the, you know, just boots on the ground type stuff, making sure that our systems are in place, like that food is available in the places that it needs to be in the, you know, the right doses, um, the right types of food, et cetera. Um, so we have two fueling stations for football one in the front locker room and then one back towards position rooms. And so we're constantly refilling that stuff, prepping things for practice and things like that. And then this year, I'm really challenging myself to give our or our dietetic interns um, some higher level projects, you know, really taking on a big role with hydration and, and the weighing and weighing out procedure, um, doing some things in terms of Ireland prep, um, doing some things in terms of food service ordering at the end of the night with our snacks. And um, again, trying to take a little step back just to see if we can put them in a, a role, um, you know, maybe a half a dietitian role so that they're more comfortable with those tasks when they're asked to do them. When, when you were talking about like how you used to work like 80 to 90, and what is it now? You said more 60, 70 or no? I'm trying, I was trying to calculate in my head because I want to make sure I do it right. Uh, <laughs> if we're doing 12 hours, five, six days a week, 72 yeah, I would say it's probably 65 or 70 now. Is there, is there not like a reason, like how you could reduce that? Or what, did you feel like you kind of realized from the experience of where you were spending your time or was it just different roles in your, in your career where like you realized where, where is it, where is it important to spend time and where is it maybe not as important to take care of yourself so you can be ready for the next yeah. day? Yeah. So um, <laughs> just to like be totally transparent at Virginia Tech, we didn't have a, a food service provider in place at the time. And so um, there was a huge demand for meal ordering, catering, et cetera. Um, so at that point in time, we were using a variety of restaurants and um, caters, local caters in the area, um, which meant that like as a dietetic staff, as a nutrition staff, we were responsible for not only like clinical nutrition, but like all of food service every single detail. Um, and I think because of that, like we just had to be on all the time, right? Um, which is why I'm so grateful for having a food service provider now. But at the time we had about 20 different restaurants and caterers and um, we were all, we were using one space to do all those meals. So we had to coordinate not only the menus, but also the like in and out of getting those caterers set up. So it just, it wasn't really sustainable, if I'm being honest, um, which is why I'm, I'm stoked that they have a dining facility now, um, because I, I think that they are running at just a much higher level. Yeah, I think it's just a good remind, I, reminder. I mean, I guess I just said this a bit ago, but like how every place is just is different and, you know, things operate and then you figure out where you want to spend your time by being somewhere where you're like, oh, you know, I don't know if that's where I'm, you know, in my happy place, but now you have those skill sets for not like catering is a skill set, but you know what I mean? You understand the demands. So yeah. you're, you, you, that's when you appreciate what you do have. Like 
from seeing like how hard it was and then you come to another place. And um, I think it's also just another reminder to like administration on how an RD can be valuable. Not like if you build a nice training table, they can actually like, right, yeah, counsel sure. and be a dietitian versus be an ops, you know? Sure. Yeah, I think for me, the, the biggest mistake was probably just um, having really effective conversations about that with our, or with our staff and our leadership, just understanding um, like, hey, this isn't sustainable. And that's not me complaining. It's just me like wanting to make this program better. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, as a young dietitian, I think it's really important to, to be able to like explain that to a, a staff is so hard. Um, uh, but I think we're, we as a, like a, uh, an organization or, or a, a field are getting way better at being able to quantify and explain how much time is going into things and really like whether that's effective or even like matches what the profession is really about. But again, I think it's also, we talk a lot about like the blessing and the curse of deregulation. Um, it was for sure, it, it kickstarted all this growth, but also like at some point you have to be able to, you know, kind of change. Make your own turkey sandwich and not have someone make it for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think we're getting really close to, you know, making that change for the, for the whole field, but it, it's so, it's such a tough task for sure. What about if it's someone's first training camp, they're going in, they have no idea what to expect, or maybe they should have known or asked before, you know, <laughs> what should they expect? You know what? Yeah. What should they expect? Yeah. Um, I think the, the two biggest things for me are very long days, um, regardless of you know, what your schedule looks like, they're going to be longer days than your normal work schedule, hopefully. Um, and I think it's really important to, to go in knowing that because you have to be aware of how other people are feeling and what they're experiencing and the, the role that food plays in that. Um, so first of all, it's a huge advantage for a student because you get so much exposure, exposure in such a short time frame. Um, it's a huge opportunity to soak up team dynamic, understand culture, um, and really start to figure out if football is something you're interested in. Do you like being around a team that large? Do you like the culture and, um, you know, the, the large nature of it? It's also, you know, we've had a lot of students and interns who had no background in football at all. Um, so it's been a, an awesome opportunity to teach them about the sport and, you know, for some, it's something that they end up absolutely loving and some it's something they could probably take it or leave it. But again, it's a huge opportunity to just learn more about the sport and the, you know, energy demands and, and physiology of the sport. And then it's also a huge networking opportunity, you know, getting comfortable, introducing yourself, talking with players and coaches. And it's all a result of, you know, it being a really long day. Um, but I think you also have to be really mindful of the fact that, you know, even like in our situation, we talked about some of our students are only working, you know, four or six hours. Some of our coaches are working 12, 16, 18 hours. And so especially as we get later into camp, we have to be really cognizant of that and um, just, just be really patient with people and support as much as we can. And then lastly, I think we've already had a couple crazy events happen in our first couple of days, but um, just being really flexible, being a problem solver. Um, there are so many opportunities to pivot and um, think creatively during camp um, because there's just so many, 
meals and, and things that are happening, whether it's a schedule change, whether it's a, a vendor showing up on the wrong day or not at all. And um, I love that environment. I love just the craziness and having to, you know, in the moment kind of MacGyver it out. Um, so, and I know that's not for everybody, but it's one of my favorite parts of camp is um, I'm, I embrace the craziness for sure. That is super funny. Um, when I went into my first training camp, it was during SNP and like, I mean, they give you a SNP description of like what teams you're working with and they say training camp. I mean, granted, this is 2016. Like I had no idea what football camp, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And in my mind, like, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to count. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I'm thinking like, oh, my teams, I'm going to be working with, but I didn't really, I didn't know what football camp training camp was. Um, and yeah, it is really long days and um, but yeah, I think you're right. Just being flexible and like, you know, it's going to be long and you're going to be exhausted and you might cry like one out of the, you know, I don't know, 25 days that it is, but like, it's, it's just like a part of like, like, it's like nutrition is so valuable. I don't know why I'm saying that. Obviously everyone listening knows that, but like, <laughs> it was so cool seeing how much the football staff like valued nutrition and how, like, it really is like, it's like a production. I mean, it really is like of how much nutrition and how valuable it is. And, um, but like, to be honest, like that setting, I could do it, but I, that's not where my heart lies personally. And that's okay. I was laughing because I was thinking about like doing this interview and I was like, I, it's not like this sound weird. It's not like I don't want to be outside sweating. That's the wrong way to put it. <laughs> but when I, you like you still counsel as a football dietitian but like I enjoy like the sitting down counseling I don't want to be outside sweating so I'm laughing I hope I don't get a lot of shit in this but like I'm a air-conditioned dietitian <laughs> you do to you hey we have we have a saying here there's outdoor cats and indoor cats here at Northwestern so, so that's the thing because, you're an indoor cat man like I love working with basketball it's because there's air conditioning yeah you're I'm an indoor sorry. cat for sure but I just hope that makes someone feel better. Cause I, I, I don't know, maybe there's, I don't know if there's more pressure now to feel like, or I don't know, like at the time there wasn't like football only, you know, like that wasn't yeah. as common, but I remember when I was looking for jobs, I was afraid to be like pigeonholed if I just did football, but now it's such a, like a really cool, like niche in a way, if it's what you want to do. But anyways, I just wanted to put that out there that like, you could love it and it could be your thing. But if you, if you don't like it, just, it's another experience that you had to yeah. figure out where you do want to spend your time. But I, I think everyone should work a football camp or some sort of setting where you're like, this is for you. And if it's not, like, I think that will just take the pressure off yourself to feel like this has to be like the best experience in my life. Because what an intern does, is not what the, what the dietitian does sometimes. Yeah. You guys make the, the interns make the show run and just taking pride in those little tasks. Like you're like, people don't realize like, like the coach's salaries, like I'm not, the coaches. um, the record of the team matters for coaches to keep their jobs. Like yeah, you know, sure. when you're younger, you're not thinking about like the winning and the losing, but like, it's like not life or death, but you know what I mean? It's, it's there is a lot at stake for sure. Rough. Yeah. So if someone yells at you or snaps at you, likely it's because they're under fueled or whatever, but it's because there's just so much more like when you peel the onion back, but when you're younger, you're not seeing that. You're just like, I, I this is so hard or like, it's so yeah. long and, the dietitian just yelled at me and, ah. <laughs> you know, you bring up a great point there from like an energy demand standpoint. Um, you know, we talk about can being hard and long and all those things, but like energetically, nutritionally, there is a higher demand for us and for our services. Um, and, and I think that's really important 
to talk about is like this time of year, we are needed because we are needed even more than we normally would be. And we are, I, I feel like we're appreciated more than we would during the season or off season because energy demands are so much higher. Um, and, you know, scientifically, we need to be providing more fuel so that guys can come back and do it again tomorrow. And so, yeah, that's, that's part of the reason why the stakes are higher and, and why we're working longer hours is like, at the end of the day, these guys need a little bit more help. Well, shout out to Farrell Frankel, who is the primary dietitian over football at BC. So <laughs> thanks, Farrell. Um, but now we're going to get into the a fun part. Um, I, I asked people on Instagram through the Instagram page, um, what's their best advice for students? And so I'm going to read the responses that sports dietitians and students and then DM'd. And then Peter and I are just going to respond to them. Okay, so... We're just going to say sports RD Jackie. They know who they are probably. There's not that many. <laughs> Jackie said, stay hydrated, get a pump up playlist for those long days. Also comma Starbucks. Pretty valid. All of those are fair. Fair. All right. This is a really good one from sports RD Seb, but there's only so many subs out there. I think we know. Who we're doing. <laughs> okay. This is interesting. I've never heard of this. He said, ABW always be working. There's always something to be done. Have you heard of that before? I feel like that's actually a Sebism. If I'm being honest, I've definitely heard him say that before, but it's, it's a thousand percent true. There is literally always something to do. And it's one of the big things that we tell our students is like, you should probably have your head on a swivel at all times, because I probably will be asking questions. And there's all, there's literally always something to do because Someone's literally always eating. Yeah. ABW, if you're a student, always be working. I always like be that. working. Am I saying that wrong? That's a Sebism for sure. I love that. Nancy, who's a student, said, always make more peanut butter and jellies than you plan for with a cry laugh face. You just plan on that regardless of what food it is. Uh, I feel like I'm constantly asking our, our chefs right now to cook a little bit more than they'd expect. Sports RD Sammy said, rise and grind attitude of gratitude. I like that. So I want to shout out really quickly. We have two, um, all four dietetic interns, but specifically one of our dietetic interns, Sarah, is the most optimistic person I have ever met in my life. I am definitely not that. And I appreciate that kind of energy around the building these days. I think it's making me- Are you not optimistic? I'm a realist, okay? And during camp, there are times when we have to uh, just get, get through the sticky stuff. And she just absolutely loves, loves the challenge, loves the grind. So I appreciate that kind of energy. Sports RD Mary Ellen, which is also pretty obvious who that is. <laughs> okay, so Mary Ellen is obviously a veteran sports dietitian and hers is really simple. She just said, enjoy it. And I think that's just a good reminder that you know, you might not be doing it forever and you should love what you do, you know? And just like we talked about, Enjoy there's so it. many awesome opportunities, right? Let's like go. get to know the team, like just have a blast. I, like I said, August is my favorite time of year. This is my ninth camp. I'm so sorry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about camp that just gets me so, so stoked. I think it's the season incoming. It's 
oh, there's there's just something oh. about August. It's, I told Farrell I was gonna shadow her for a day, or maybe she was like, "Come shadow me for a day." So maybe I'll do a like a um like a day in the life, and I'll take everyone around just like sweating. <laughs> just a day though, then try to get out of there. Yeah. Okay, I think people will like this. I'm just gonna keep going. Okay, Sports Thirty Gabby said. Plan what you can. Know the plan will likely go off track. There is the realism. Thousand percent. That's the flexibility I was talking about. Yes, Gabby. Yes. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. Sports already carry. This is a, I think this is my favorite one. She said, take a few minutes of quiet for yourself. Five minutes in a stack storage room is great. <laughs> That's valid. I mean I, I wish, in a storage room is helpful. I actually think it's free therapy. Multi-purpose room, right? Like <laughs> just find it wherever you can get it. I picture someone like in the closet with like the milks and like the gold fit, like all the snacks and the, just kind of staring at a wall in the corner. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like that one. And I think there's one more. Let's see. Oh, sports RD Maggie said, if you have any ideas to simplify the process, always share. This time is all about teamwork. That was one of my um, big tips, actually. I think a lot of times I feel like my interns end up coming to me with solutions to things that like I wouldn't have even thought about because it's been a, such a long time since I looked at the back of a drink or put it in a fridge that like I just am not even in tune with some of those details. I think that's a good point because would you think students would actually be more intimidated? I mean, I guess it depends your your report too. Like if they maybe they'd be too afraid to share ideas, or what's your thought on that? Is your if you're I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like what if I I like to think that we create an environment here where I'm all about students providing their input, and especially this crew right now is sassy enough that they're going to provide it regardless. But um, yeah, that's yeah, I I love a a, a student who can problem solve. Okay. I think that's that's huge. Problem solved. Yeah. Cause I'm just picturing like you running around being stressed and someone's like, let's do this. And you're like, shut up. Like <laughs> maybe <laughs> not, not the right place. Right I just time. mean the environment. I wasn't saying you're going to do that. I just mean yeah. like, but yeah, I think the problem solving is a better way than I'm thinking more of like asking a question, but um, thank you everyone who submitted. I mean, super valuable. So all great points. If you're jumping on in, um, what was it? Rise, grind, uh, attitude and gratitude. And sports or Dean Meredith said, drink water she did not say with electrolytes which she should have but yeah we're all sweating out there yeah how do you optimize your body and maximize your mind to get the most out of every day you need the right fuel and you need momentous momentous offers high quality lab tested next generation sports and human performance products one of their best selling products is momentous omega-3 Omega-3 is a daily fish oil supplement designed to optimize intake and most important omega-3 fatty acids, EPA and DHA. Their fish oil also contains a minimum of 90% triglyceride bound omega-3s, the form of omega-3s found naturally in fish and most easily absorbed by the body. The digestive enzyme lipase is also added to further improve bioavailability. Go to livemomentous.com and order omega-3s and use the code RDSnippets20 to get 20% off their products. That's R-D-S-N-I-P-P-E-T-S-2-0. Thank you so much, Momentous, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, so switching gears. 
but not really switching gears, actually. How, how do you think a student or an early RD knows if a football only position is right for them? You know, now that these really, I mean, every school left and right is almost creating a football only. You know, what, what's your thought on that? Like, how do you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm such a, like a nerd for football. Like, I just, I love this environment. I think it really just comes down to that. Like doing it a couple of times, you finish a camp and you're like, man, that was so awesome. Or you're like, man, I'm so glad that was over. I think Liz and I are perfect examples of like, just figure out who you relate to more. And that is the decision you need to make here. One of the reasons why I love a football only role is the level of social interaction I get with a guy. Like I am really in tune with what's going on with them personally. I feel like we're able to create better connections with athletes. Um, and that to me is really important. Like I really struggle when I have hundreds of athletes and I have to, I just feel stretched super thin, like socially. Um, so I really like having that like tight knit group that I can, I feel like I have a hand on everybody. Um, I, I do think it's a really important point that like in football, you are going to play a role within food service, regardless of where you're at. So if that's not something you're interested in, football is probably not for you. Um, and I think that's just important to state. Um, and then the team culture is a huge piece of it. Like you either love that environment or maybe you don't. Um, and, and that's okay either way, but like, just be honest with yourself. And, you know, um, my boss, Katie says it all the time, but I think it's really important that everybody experiences a camp, um, regardless of whether they think they want to do football or not, because that like demand and I don't want to say level of perfection, but like just level of execution, right? Like doing a really, what seems like intimidating task really well for a long period of time um, is, is important um, because regardless of what team you end up working with, um, that's what the team and the coaching staff is expected to do during a season is like execute at a high level for an extended period of time. Um, so for me, I feel like there is a lot of value in every student experiencing that at least once. And some are going to love it and some are going to, you know, find another sport that they gravitate towards. But I think football camp is the best way to figure that out, if I'm being honest. I mean, that's what kept me coming back. What about with, you know, programs now? I think maybe it was like this year that we're really seeing it. Like some universities have two full-time sports RDs for football only. I think some have three and it's only going to keep growing. What's your opinion on, on that? Because it, it's like crazy that like that wasn't the norm like not even a few years ago, but when you really think about it, how many people are on a football team, a hundred plus or. Yeah. Yeah. Usually a roster is around 110. Right. And so like, I mean, obviously as the years go on, you know, everyone's catching on that. Even one dietitian for a hundred athletes, like how can you really, you know, get everyone what they really need? So what's your opinion on that? Where do you think, <laughs> I feel like I'm putting you on the hot seat. Where, where do you yeah, see uh, five years? Oh, it's such a tough question. Uh, um, I think the, the first place that I think to look is the NFL um, because they have an even smaller roster. It's usually around 70, oh. if I'm thinking right. And in that situation, there's a lot of places that have a, you know, a director or a, a dietitian and then a, an assistant or an intern. And, and so I think it really just comes down to 
the service plan of your program at both the NFL level and the university level. For me personally, I don't feel like it's a need right now, um, but that's because of the system we have in place. You know, we have a food service provider. We have dietetic interns that are at a pretty high level already, right? Like they're not coming in camp with absolutely no information. They're, they're pretty well prepared already. They know what to expect. We have a rule that all of our students have to have worked with us in the fuel bar um, for at least six months, I think, maybe a year before interning with us. Um, and because of all those things, I feel like we're in a great place. Um, and obviously Katie is a, a huge support piece as well in that. Um, and so I think that's where you're seeing a lot of programs answer that right now is some have a director, you know, that, that came in really early and did football and is now being stretched more from an administrative level and has a, a football dietitian come in. But at the same time, they're still providing support in some way, whether it's, you know, a sideline or whether it's administratively. But then there are other programs where, you know, the food service demand is still really high, or you have, you know, a director who is also trying to do football at the same time. And so I don't know necessarily know if there's like a one size fits all answer there, but I will say like as a student or an intern, you know, going into your first RD job, it's really important to figure out like where you want to go and how long you want to be there. Cause I don't necessarily feel like any of these like second RD positions for football are like really long-term positions. Um, like one, two years would be my guess. And I, hopefully I'm not going to make offend anybody, but um, I do think it's important to think about that. Like long-term, what do you want to do? And it, I just, that's such a struggle because I want to make sure that the positions that we're putting out there are like sustainable um, and like set people up for great things. So if, if they weren't able to experience football, then man, that second RD opportunity is so awesome. Um, but if you, if you really want to be somewhere for, you know, five, 10, 15 years, um, then just make sure you know what you're signing up for and ask a lot of questions about like, what the long-term vision for that position is, um, especially in, you know, the, the NCAA environment that we're in currently, right? Like we don't really know how many sports a team or a school is going to have in two, five years. Um, and I know people, that's a really sketchy topic to talk about, but I think it's important to think about is, um, you know, what, what does that look like? I don't know. Is it weird that I think that it looks like like a football team could have like five dietitians? I'm not saying that's what I like believe in, but I I don't even see that as being like odd because I I also get it at the same time. But like I don't know after USC and UCLA joined the Big Ten, I'm like anything's possible. Like I don't know. Like yeah, sure, I mean like, I, I don't know. Like, stay ready, man. You, know. you really do never know. I I will say you know we have five strength strength coaches at the football level. So yeah, um, that's a good the, point. I know that's why it's like yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think that it would be a lot for me. Um, but again, I, I think there is a demand right now that we can't necessarily totally satisfy. Um, also, like I work in the same office as Lindsay and, and looking at, you know, how much she's asked to do right now. Um, I, I think that for me personally, in our program, that would be where I would prioritize staffing is like really wanting to make sure that we have a a really solid system in place for all of our athletes first. And obviously football is going to lead the charge yeah. just because of the revenue generation piece. 
Um, but I also want to make sure that like my coworkers are in a really good place and that, you know, our other athletes are in a really good place. So it, it wouldn't necessarily be a priority for me right now, but I think I also yeah. totally get programs that are doing it. I think it makes a lot of sense for a lot of programs. That's actually really helpful to hear. Cause I think it just goes back to like where you're working in the sustainability model and like, yeah, just all of that, you know, just because it's a school with a football team doesn't mean they need three full time, you know, or you're, right. I, I just, I don't know if I would have thought about like, if someone has a training table versus if they don't, obviously that dietitian is taking on so much food service and maybe they do need that backup help to like take, I don't know, that many hours, you know, yeah. off their plate. I didn't mean to do that. Shout out the toolkit real quick. I, I feel like, again, um, that's been such a helpful resource for me, just like talking through some of that stuff. But then also like time budgeting was huge for me this year. Um, and I think that's really where that idea comes from is like, if I can get a better idea of where I'm spending my time, then I have a, a really good concept of where I want to go. And also like what the demand is, like where I need to be versus like where I'm spending my time. Yes. So what Peter's referring to, just in case no one knows what we're talking about, the CPSDA toolkit is, how would you describe it, Peter? Six modules of just kind of figuring out like who you are, you know, do you work with people that, you know, have your same vision values, like how does, how, what services do you offer? Like kind of just breaking down like your role as a dietitian and making sure you're doing your job effectively and efficiently. And CPSDA put together this toolkit for directors and their staff. And am I missing something? I'm not sure. Yeah. For me, it's just, it's kind of like a, a step-by-step step guide on how to sports dietitian. Um, and I think especially for like young dietitians who are still trying to like figure themselves out, um, it's been a great resource to kind of just pull back and, you know, kind of realign, um, especially after a crazy couple months or a crazy year to just kind of reflect and see what went well and what didn't and reprioritize. Um, so I, I've really enjoyed um, getting on calls with, with Chelsea Burkhardt and, um, you know, just random dietitians across the country who have similar questions or struggles or whatever it is. So yeah, it's been an awesome resource. Same. Go to www. <laughs> oh, that's not even the website. I think it's sportsrd.org. This, sports this isn't sponsored, but obviously we love CBSCA. So, okay. Um, what about what is the hardest, most unexpected lesson or advice in your career up until this point? Oof, this is a big one. This is also a super hard one. I think like, I don't know if I necessarily have the best answer for it yet, but um, I think one thing that Katie's really challenged me on the last couple of years is you've got to be okay knowing that somebody's going to be unhappy um, at the end of the day. Um, I'm a huge people pleaser. Like I, I, I want a meal to go so smoothly that every single person that walks through the line loves every single item available. Um, and I very quickly learned at Virginia Tech that that was not going to be the case. And I think it's something that, you know, a young RD is always going to struggle with, but uh, you really got to celebrate your victories and then realize that like, again, you're going to disappoint somebody um, essentially for three to four meals a day, every day. Um, and that's okay because um, that's it's always tomorrow works. Yeah. yeah. And that's how food works. Like somebody at every restaurant that you've ever been to 
has com been complaining about the food at the same time that you've been absolutely loving it. Um, that's just kind of the environment we work in. Um, and it's tough and, but it's definitely was my biggest lesson that I had to, you know, work through for sure. I feel like the biggest takeaway is avoid food service at all times. <laughs> <laughs> Says the non-football RD. But no, but it was super interesting. Like I learned a lot about myself this past year because I work close with basketball and like, I love doing food service when it's a small operation. Oh yeah, for sure. That's different, but I didn't know I actually loved foods. I get what I'm saying that. Yeah. I liked it because it was such a small team and it was so impactful, but the food service helped me get more in front of the team in different ways. So I really liked it. Yeah. The more people there are, the more people to disappoint, right? Oh God, that sounds horrible. Yeah. So we're and it's realist in me, but it's true. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, like, you learn about yourself. Yeah. I was shocked. I'm like, I guess I love food service. I just got to, I just had to find my, my niche within it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think being really confident in like, again, going back to toolkit stuff, but being confident in your values, like what is it that you feel like you're really good at or like brings you that feeling of like I I really accomplished something and I, I think when you figure that out it makes the the other stuff that just has to get done easier to kind of tackle knowing that like there's still that big goal that I have that I know I'm going to check off I just picture everyone listening to this like figuring out like this whole year like ooh, like where do I want to spend time or what team because you like don't you I don't know do we think about it or you're just like it's just interesting, you know, like I didn't think like over five, six years, I'd be like wondering. I mean, I always knew I was big education counseling girl, but like, I just, the food service thing like caught me off guard. I was like, Whoa. yeah, I like, think it's really young RD, it. it weird. You really just wing it early on. And then like a couple of years in, you're like, man, why did, why did I love this job again? Right. Like you kind of have to go back and think about it after a like, couple of years. Like I secretly love the, not the stress, but like that post-game meal like if it showed up like relied mm -hmm. on me but like I loved that responsibility because I love I don't know like I love the pressure of that it's the execution yeah the execution I'm like what is wrong with me but I could never do that for like 30 teams don't get me wrong but it was one team and I did it all so I knew how to you know try to make it happen but like it was also That's stressful because right. you're like what if it doesn't show up but you're right yeah. of course somebody somebody didn't get their mozzarella stick or their zucchini fries. It was like, then you felt horrible, but it's like, you don't work at the restaurant. Like, what am I supposed to do? But you just take it, you take it as you can and you try your best to, you know, repeat the order, you know, whatever. I'm getting off. Also, but. they're going to eat another meal in three to four hours and it's going to be fine. Just eat what yeah, you got. There's a thrill about some food service things. So happy to talk offline if anyone's concerned. For sure. All right. Ready for the rapid fire? Okay. What is your go-to healthy snack dessert option at night before bed? Like something you recommend to the athlete. Like, I feel like we all have those, but what, do you have anything that maybe people don't know about or what's your go-to? I've still got weight gain brain because all of our football guys are constantly asking about trying to put on muscle in the off season. So for me, um, it's gotta be like a, like a smoothie with all the stuff in it. We've got a couple of recipes. They love the Reese's cup one with like Fair life, banana, peanut butter, et cetera. But personally, my go-to is, especially during camp, is a little yogurt parfait with um, berries, the Levy slash Petra homemade granola upstairs and a couple chocolate chips in there. Yeah. Hits Not the all of us have homemade granola. 
This is spot after a long camp day. Oh, that's so funny. Okay, have you ever, you know, they sell mini pie crusts? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so buy a mini pie crust from the store. They're right by the pie crust section. You just got to look really deep. It's there. And then get a key lime pie Greek yogurt and put it in the mini pie crust. I have a handout. on. So it's super funny. Like, I feel like when I was at UConn, like you just, like, I feel like handouts just become like, it's too hard to like make them as time goes on. And for some reason I had time as I've started over the summer here and I made a mindful desserts handout. And it's so pretty and it has the Greek yogurt and the little pie crust. I think you might be onto something there. That sounds good. I'm sorry, guys. I know no one can see it. it? (laughs) Wow, that is fantastic. I might share this if anyone wants it. Just email me. That looks great. Okay. What is your opinion on grit versus grind? Are they different? See, okay. So Virginia Tech was a huge grit school back in the day. Um, I read Angela Duckworth's book every year, pre-training camp. It was like a thing we all did. I feel like grit is, oh, this is so corny. Grit is a lifestyle, right? Grit is a lifestyle. Sorry. I feel like grind is like a day. It's a shorter period of time, right? Like grind is I'm going to grind through this practice or I'm going to grind through camp. Grit is like, that's a personality trait in my mind. Yeah. Like the word grind, I always felt like had like a bad connotation. Like if you're younger, like you should grind, like you need to work like 90. Like, I, I don't know. Hashtag I don't grit, know. Right. Yeah. I'm a big grit girl. Like I'm like, grit is just sounds a little bit more like optimistic. <laughs> Cause if you feel like you're grinding, like that sounds like you're miserable. And I don't think grind sounds productive, but I could be wrong, but I think it's seasonal. It's like, this preseason is going to be a grind, but I hope you do it gritty or like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you like- gritty. I feel like grit or gr- like being a gritty person. It's definitely like a personality trait, right? Or like a characteristic. Yeah. Well, anyways, wishing everyone to be gritty and not feel like, you know, every day is a grind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Favorite dum-dum flavor. It's a weird one. When was the last time I had a dum-dum? Uh, root beer. I- IBW. Oh, that's a good one. Cotton candy is weirdly kind of good. And then if no, no, not a cotton candy guy. So I don't understand cotton candy ice cream, but cotton candy dum-dum is good. And then have a seltzer with it. <laughs> um, best city or place you've traveled to as a sports RD. It can't be Ireland because mm. you have to do something different <laughs> according to the policy of podcast. I'm not going to lie. Boston was, was a pretty cool spot. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah, we did. So I've been to Boston a couple times now, um, once or twice with football, and then once with our our lacrosse team for a spring break trip. We also went out to um, Cali a couple years ago with lacrosse during spring break. So we did like a little LA tour, and that was a lot of fun too. But I'm definitely not an LA dude. Just too much traffic. But but Boston was cool, right? Like you're right in the middle of it. We went to the um, Went to the state, a couple different stadiums, got to see downtown. I mean, Dublin's going to knock it out of the park. Sorry, but Boston doesn't beat Dublin. That's a little disappointing. Yeah, sorry. But yeah, everyone come visit Boston. Let me know if you're here. All right, last question. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right, if you could tell your younger RD self one thing, what would you say? For me, in your first year of any position, listen more than you do anything. Um, 
And I, this is a great scenario of do as I say, not as I do. Um, but we've had a couple people on Northwestern staff that I've gotten to watch do this over the last couple of years. And they are so incredibly effective if they can just like take some time to like sit there and listen and not act on like any initial plan to just start doing things or kick down the door like Kool-Aid man. Um, and I, I think I, I had a little bit of opportunity to do that here at Northwestern because Katie had a great system in place. COVID obviously changed that a little bit, but um, you know, really take time to like form that first impression, right? Like relationships are so important. I know people say it over and over again, but um, you know, embrace the time. I say this a lot, but in your first year, you're going to be that like shiny new thing and, you know, embrace that a little bit, like get to know people, but also realize that you can kind of ride that out for a minute. Um, you don't have to be the dude that brings in a thousand new things um, because people are going to love you usually regardless if you can create that great first impression. And then year two, feel free to start going at it, but, you know, take a breath and make sure you know the program well before you start changing everything. I love that. Listen and observe and exactly. Yeah. Your time will come rather, you know, not be safe than sorry, but slow roll those plans for sure. <laughs> I love it. Well, Peter, thank you so much for your time today. Have the, well, you're not going to Dublin yet. Grind through camp camp. <laughs> 29 days. We're coming. Wow. Does that feel like a long time or no? No, I, I'm panicking. All right internally it's fine we're gonna be great let's just get there oh, well I, I want to say have a great time at camp that sounds so dumb <laughs> hey you know me I love enjoy, it gonna, enjoy the hours time. enjoy the food service enjoy enjoy it enjoy the moment because you know you might have five days before the world shuts down <laughs> you never know that's depressing I don't want to end it like that Peter thank you so much for being on today <laughs> <laughs> it was so it was so fun having you on and to anyone listening you know whether it's your first camp or your ninth camp go out there give it your all you won't make everyone happy but you'll make a lot of people happy and just be consistent and, and love what you do and all your dreams will come true love it <laughs> well peter have a great rest of your day and um talk soon thanks liz really appreciate you having me come on Thank you so much for listening to this episode on Sports Arty Snippets. I hope you found our conversation helpful today. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Share the podcast or tell another Sports Arty to be or sports dietitian about it. If you can rate and review the podcast, it really helps the show and is much appreciated. Remember to follow along on Instagram at Sports Arty Snippets to see what Sports Arty guest is featured each week. I'm super excited to bring on my upcoming guests, so stay tuned. I'm Liz Waluka, and thanks so much for listening.